0: Hello, fans and loyal listeners of the Wide Angle Podium. It's Rob Kelly, the host of No Training Wheels. I just wanted to drop a quick note here in the parts bin to thank you all for tuning into the show while it was featured here. We've got our own feed now on the network, so if you like what you heard in the past, then please head on over and listen to the new episodes now on our separate feed. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. I wanted to present Chapter 2 of my interview with Scott Morris of USA Crits here so you can see what's been going on in the meantime. I've started a deep dive into the world of Criterium Racing in a segment called Criterium Nation. Crits are not unique to America, but they certainly are something we participate in more than most. And based on our engagement on social media and on race live streams, it looks like we really enjoy spectating them as well. Despite what is our combined enthusiasm both as a spectator and participant, what Crit Racing lacks here in the U.S. is a legit professional circuit, complete with standards, media, and most importantly, a defined calendar of events. This is where USA Crits wants to fit in, as that unifying entity which creates the backbone for a full-fledged professional league. So in Chapter 2, Scott and I talk about that effort, with where USA Crits is going in the future, and with what changes are going to need to be made in order to establish realistic professional crit racing in the United States. So let's jump right into the conversation with USA Crits. Since we're talking a little bit here about the future, let's talk about what happens in a five-year plan you know, any good business talks about three, five, 10-year plans, looking forward on out. And I promise we're going to get back to this conversation about team-only races, because the teams are what make the racing exciting. You guys provide the venue, you guys provide the forum, the men and women that come there to do the racing, that's what the people are coming to watch. So we'll talk about that in a second. But where do we see USA Crits as a series, as a league going in the next five years?
1: Well, as, as, and again, I think, uh, I mentioned one product, the other product, the, the team product, I, I definitely see us continuing to build, you know, what, what would be called a sports league out of the series where there's team-based racing at the end of the night. Now, again, that doesn't mean there's not still really high level, you know, individual pro one, two racing. That's just another race that happens in the day. There's the individual races, and then there's the team race. The team race is the league, is is this concept that we've been working on. We continue to want to build that, and we want to continue to provide benefits to these teams to where you know in a five-year window, these are uh, essentially franchise teams, similar to professional sports leagues. You know that we're 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 getting away necessarily in the big picture from what would be you know club based racing and so and it's kind of interesting I, I think it's going to drive itself with what the market dictates whether you know whether there's heavy brand sponsorship involved in that whether there are still clubs that are the funding members so i think it's going to be some kind of bridge between what you see in kind of club style soccer you know international club style soccer whether it's you know in England or South America and or you know how we franchise and, and do sports here in America but but we want these teams to become franchised where they have some sustainability and they have some backing and they have some regionalism. You know, we, we like the concept that these teams grow, you know, in a regional basis to where this is my team. You know, I'm here to support my L.A. team or my Nashville team or my New York team. And so we need that aspect of it to get the fans engaged. And so I, I see us in the next five years continuing to grow kind of the, the branding, franchising of these teams to where they become a staple on the series and we help them and promote them enough that they can go out and get sponsors and become sustainable. And then I just see us growing the the media rights value to what we're doing, to where in the next two years, uh, and hopefully that was gonna be next year, that we have a really strong national, international media partner who recognizes this is a is a sports product. And we get to the point of where, you know, they've bought into this, they're investing in this, and they're covering the series not from a not from a news article standpoint, but from a live production standpoint of where, you know, they're pushing this out there to the world, like Here, watch, you know, watch crit racing in America. Here's the lead.
0: This is one of the things that I don't understand about bike racing. And nobody's ever really explained it to me. Why is it that we are so dependent on sponsors? So dependent on sponsors to the extent that we don't even call our teams a team. You know, like there are a couple teams out there now, like Legion of L.A., that doesn't have a sponsor name right up there at the front. But then the vast majority of the other teams, while the organization may stay the same, the the organization that runs it may stay the same, the entire culture of the team shifts from sponsor to sponsor to sponsor. What's it going to take for us to be on par with like an English Premier League or, you know, the, an American sports league where you've got the Chicago Bears, as opposed to, you know, the Chicago Boeing?
1: Yeah, and I think there's, there's two, there's two real factors in that. One is, obviously, we're putting on events that don't have a gate, gate revenue. So, you know, our venues are free to the public. So, You know, we've talked about it a lot in cycling. That's been a challenge because that's a revenue stream. That's a revenue stream, of course, that, that major sports are having to deal with right now. is like, what happens when I don't have that revenue stream? But the other revenue stream is having a watchable televised product that gives enough exposure to sponsors that there's value there for them. Me racing in the biggest crits in America that nobody watches has little to no value to my sponsors. I don't care how great and interactive I am on social media and the team is the the biggest production we can do, you know, without reach on the live stream has so much more value than than all those components that we normally, you know, we normally do for promotion put together. That until we can create a sports product that's truly being watched by non-cycling fans, that's truly a sports product that the average American or international consumer can get behind, then I don't think there's going to be sponsor value there for the teams enough to justify getting away from what's kind of our club-based model of, you know, let's go pull all of our local sponsors together and put a team, let's go race. I mean, it's, it's, truly, it's truly about professionalizing the sport, period. Um, it's not taking what we think of as Euro-style racing professional teams. It's creating a new sports product that, that this is the way we're going to professionalize it. And you're right. There are some teams out there now that are making that bridge that are, that are showing that it is possible. And at the end of the day, they have to be seen. They have to be. They have to be seen in order to promote those sponsors. In order to to not necessarily have that sponsor in their name, but but at the end of the day, if we don't have a gate revenue and there's not an ownership model that that brings the revenue stream back in, then that'll never happen. And I think until we get them heavily televised, heavily promoted, external in a in a in and in a broad sports product, then they're never going to have a revenue stream enough to get away from how we funded our teams.
0: When we talk about getting exposure, which I think is one of the things that every every American cyclist understands that exposure is key. You, you want to make sure that people across demographics, across socioeconomic groups, across regions have exposure, not just to the racing, but to the sport, to the activity that is bicycles. What are the practical components? We're looking at marketing, promotion, technology, you know, getting eyeballs onto our sport?
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, it goes back to conversations I've had with some of the biggest sports production companies, you know, in the world, whether it's ESPN, Eurosport, you know, these guys, and when we've addressed it with them, I mean, it is essentially the fact that, you know, we have yet to can create in cycling uh, a product that is watchable, that has a beginning and end that tells a story from all the way across so much of it, especially in America, what we've been about is one-off races. You know, we've, we've, we've had one big event, let's call it California that has this, you know, that, that was this random you know, collage of teams that come in from all over the world and race with different riders every year. The teams are different. Everything's different about it. And it's a one-off event. And then it comes and goes. Uh, and then it's not part of anything else necessarily. I mean, nobody really knew it as being part of the world tour because, you know, nobody's really per se as the average sports fan in America engaged in that. And I think, you know, what we've got to do is we've got to create a sports product that like I talk about, the average consumer can get behind. They can understand that the blue team versus the green team and here's in the league, you know, here's who's in the lead. Here's, here's who's, the, who's in this Jersey. It's the same format from one race to the other. And just just set some standards, and we just kind of failed to do that. We put on some amazing one-off events here in America, but they've never been truly part of anything bigger, and there's been no consistency going back and forth to them to where if we're going to create a watchable product, you know those those sports people want to see us tell a story. and And the story can't be that one day or that one weekend, that one race. It has to be throughout a season, and that's what we feel like this league concept and where we're going with standards at each one of our races and getting some sustainability within our teams. So the same team's back next year. So I am pulling for, you know, the Wolfpack out of Texas or, you know, good guys out of New York. I'm pulling for those guys next year because I remember them from last year and they've got a blue kid and I remember the blue team and I know this rider. And even after that rider's gone, we still have a team there that can live on past, you know, past maybe some of the individual name brands, of individual riders. But I think we just haven't created a sports product. I mean, it's as simple as that. We've just failed to do fundamental sports marketing and create something that the average fan can engage in.
0: So a lot of this discussion has been about the the past and the future. And uh, by design, we haven't talked about the stormy present just because it's hard to talk about the confines of 2020 and what the coronavirus and COVID-19 are going to do to our sport. But I do think at least, you know, on a, on a surface level, we need to talk about how coronavirus is gumming up these uh, five-year plans. How has it impacted the the league's structure for leading into 2021?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, obviously where we sit today, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a work in motion. Um, we it's, it's, it's weird because as a, as a, we sit right now, you know, we've lost two events, um, that were part of the series, the rest are remaining. We've moved some events to the fall. And so we we got a kind of hybrid going right now. We're both, we're both, you know, working to maintain what a 2020 calendar would look like so that we can continue to race this year, if at all possible. At the same time, I mean, it's actually created some opportunity in that there's some dialogue happening with sponsors. There's some conversations happening, some work already being done on 2021 that might not have happened if we didn't have this extra window of time. And so, you know, my goal, our goal is to not take a step backwards. Whatever goals we had for 2021 is to be able to accomplish those, still make enough progress in whatever we do with this year to still reach what some of our goals were for 2021 so we don't take any steps backwards.
0: Let's dig deep into the specifics of the way that this series works, because I think for a lot of us who are rabid, passionate fans of the series, we understand that there are different jerseys, there are different events, there's different everything, and and we sort of get how the points work. But you've got a series of events. Is there a cap on the number of events that you're going to have for the course of uh, of of a given season?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just like any sports league would be, uh, we've got, I mean, there's only so much racing, no different than the NBA talks about, you know, how many uh, events they can have NFL, the same thing with us. I mean, we, we're creating a team-based model. There's only so many races. Our teams, you know, have the capacity to attend that that also work within a calendar. So, yeah, we have a set number of events that we generally uh, keep around 10 or 11 and it's, and it's really based on what the teams are comfortable with, what fits within, you know, within a calendar session? How the logistics flows? There's a lot of factors in there, but we do limit the number of events. So there, you know, there, there will never be 30 races part of the series. Now again, there's another product we're working on that allows events, you know, at a different standard. But but in terms of what we're talking about today with USA CRITs, yeah, there will always be a fixed number of races
0: and within the series itself you've got a set number of competitions team competition individual competition young rider competition lap leader how did those different competitions come to bear
1: you know just from experience over time i mean we we try to do things that can use the same point system and so you know we 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 do we have three we have three leaders jerseys that kick off at the beginning of the series that go the way all the way through the end and those are our individual competitions. Now, again, teams help to get points for those. So there's still a team aspect in that. But we have a young rider, best young rider competition. That's our, that's our gray jersey. And that's essentially a U23 type competition, you know, that's, that uses the same. All three of our jerseys uh, use the same point system, essentially, except for the lap leader. Bike red lap leader blue jersey is essentially laps red. Led. And, it's, and it's as simple as that. Who's off the front? Every lap somebody leads, and if for every one of those you do, you get a point, and that's our lap leader competition, and that's just to award aggressive racing, off the front type racing, um, and that that's our blue, you know, bike ridge jersey, and so that's that's laps led, and then our um, orange jersey and our actually our gray jersey, our Colabita orange leader jersey, and our gray jersey, our young rider jersey, work about the same, and that it's it's points accumulated, you know, by individual basis, and again, that's based on laps led. That's based on where you finish at the end of the race. And that's based on the uh, points premiums that we have that are set standards throughout the race that pay five deep and uh, have points five deep. And so we have those at fixed points throughout the race. And so, you know, depending on where you cross the line at any one of those competitions at, at each event, you accumulate points. And so, you know, that, that is our standard that we have across the series that, that that is how you accumulate those points. And we, we address those leaders and then, of course, we have our team competition, which we have both at each race and as well as throughout the entire year. And that's, that's the top four riders. So that, that same point system applies. And we essentially take the top four points getters from each race for each team. Teams have a maximum of six riders. We take the top four points, you know, points getters from each race, and then we score those and that accumulates your team points. And there's a team winner for that race. And those accumulate throughout the season. And then there's a team winner at the end of the season.
0: But within the confine of each race, you have the race itself. So you've got the you've got the series, and you can watch and you can watch that series points total evolve during the course of the year on road results. And you can watch what's happening in each race. Do you get the concern that there's just too much happening
1: sometimes? Well, and there is right now. There is right now, and that's because where we're, we're, we're grassrooting, you know, we're reverse engineering cycling, as I say, that, that in addition to us having all this stuff going on, there's, there's another race happening because that's the way we've been doing cycling. we're not to a point yet where we've grown the sports league enough to where these, this is the only thing going on in the race. You know, the Birmingham race that we had to cancel this year, this would have been the format. It would have been team only format. And the teams would have gone head to head. Our finals this year, should they happen in Winston-Salem, is going to be team only. So it'll just be our team's racing. Uh, that takes some of that complication out. Uh, what we're going to build towards long terms is we're going to continue to grow this product to be where the race series races. The race at the end of the night is just our teams. And that simplifies it a lot because we don't have this other mixture of of, of regional local riders mixed into there competing for the overall race that there's a team competition going on and what we're truly covering is just our teams in the race. And it, it just makes a lot more sense, you know, from a watchability standpoint and, and trying to understand. So the answer to your question is absolutely right now there is a lot going on because we're mixing two worlds together. We're mixing where we're going and where we've been. And until we undo that and get past that, it creates a little bit of confusion over there's, there's this other race going on within the race.
0: Yeah. This was one of the things in in researching this, this interview that I I struggled with, and, and you and I have had conversations beforehand in which we talked about the team-only concept of, of USA Crits for 2021 or beyond, and when you initially said that to me, my gut instinct, my gut reaction was, well, I'm not on a D1 team, but I still want to come and race your race, and so there was a lot of protectionism. But then I went back and you've been doing this great thing during this this year is that you've been doing these, um, what do you call them, the live-ish streams where you go back and replay an event. And recently there was the uh, Westchester replay. And I remember Westchester really, really vividly in that there was the ButcherBox cliff bar race during the course of the men's race at the end of the night that was for all of the team competition. That was what it came down to. But then within the same breath, you had the Alex McLaughlin off the front chasing Frank Trevieso that got mixed in there because Frank wasn't on a D1 team. And so the incentive to to race different races within this inside one race was very confusing for the sports fans. So I'm I'm starting to come around to it and starting to come around to the idea of Rob Kelly doesn't need to be in the D1 race, unless he's on a D1 team. But you're going to get a lot of people who are like me who are going to say, but I
1: want to race. Right. And it's trust me, we deal with it. And it's, it's, it's a funny thing, this entitlement that we've created in cycling, to where, you know, I said this to somebody the other day, when I was talking, I've said it a lot, actually, is that, you know there's what four races in America that the average cat one guy can't just roll up and jump in and and that's the level of professionalism we've created we've allowed our sport to become that to where it truly is just local dudes out there racing is the highest level of, of bike racing in America and we've set that standard and we've allowed that to be okay and we're trying to create a product that is bigger and better than that and it doesn't mean that if we have a team based product at the end of the night that we can't still have a really, really great, equally equivalent to what we have right now, P1-2 race that is highly entertaining, that has some of the great players in it, that does some of the same stuff. It's just not part of this team model that's the other one. And, and eventually, we need to separate that out. And we can have both. There's plenty of room for growth to have both the individual, local, regional you know, dudes that want to jump in there and hammer, whether it's the Masters race, the P1-2 race, the Amateur Finals. We can still have that product, but it's, 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 it's changing what people are comfortable with and that we've allowed to happen. And we can't have it both. We can't have it both ways that, that the local strong cat one, two guys want to jump in the biggest races in the country and have this created this, this professional sports product that is engaging to fans around the world to watch that they can get and watch and be entertained with beginning to end. So it's not really about, am I on a team or can I get in? It's just like, look, we're trying, trying to create something that's better for the sport. that that makes these events different, that makes them better than what we have right now. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be a great intelligentsia that exists the exact same way. And it's this wonderful, you know, grouping of bike races in Chicago over 10 days or toad or, or, you know, gateway cup. I mean, all these things continue to operate exactly like they are. We're just creating a new sports product that's on top of that. That doesn't have to replace the other, whether you're on a D one team or not, you know, hopefully what we create is a higher level that your goal is to say, Hey, as an amateur rider, I want to work my way up, you know, via point system, which is also something we're working on for crit racing in America that I work my way up and these teams are looking at me and then I can be on a team no different than I want to be on, you know, I don't know, my professional tennis team or my professional bowling, whatever it would be. There's, there's gotta be a higher level. And we failed to create that and and make it, you know, make it something that, uh, You know, I really, like I said, sets another bar, sets another level. And so we're really not trying to do away with anything. We're not trying to eliminate anybody. We're trying to create something new that adds value for everybody.
0: Are you advocating for the criterium becoming a separate and distinct category of racing as compared to being lumped in as a road race with road uh, legit point to point 70, 80 mile road races? circuit races time trials is the criterium its own thing now
1: it will be and and we're pushing to that we're working with our crit partners across america we're working with some you know some other partners to say it's time it's time for us to carve out crit racing it's it's no longer the bastard child of road cycling it's the most prolific form of road cycling in america i mean we haven't had a race call us up in three years that says hey i want to put on a new road race like they're not happening. They're, they're going away. It's, and it's not even about competition. It's about what is working and what does work. And the fact of the matter is, is there's more crits than any other kind of road racing in America. It's a standalone product. It, it is its own animal. It needs to be marketed separately. It needs to be grown. It needs to be separated off as a sports product. And that's our intention is to eventually work with our crit partners across America. And let's spin off crit racing as its own form of cycling and allow it to grow and thrive. <music>
0: Thanks for listening to this excerpt from Our Criterium Nation. If you like what you heard and you want to hear the rest of my interview with Scott, please head on over to the No Training Wheels feed right here on the Wide Angle Podium network of shows. The world's only collection of top-tier independent cycling media. Until next time, I'll see you out of MacArthur Boulevard.